Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of a 48 Minutes Network special again. Last week, I sit there and I go, we don't really do this thing much where we take two of our shows and make an episode, but now we're doing it two weeks in a row because that's the time of the year we're at between college basketball conference tournaments and uh, bench mob and the NBA kind of getting down to the nitty gritty of the playoff runs. But so, yeah, we're going to have another combined episode this week. Uh, Taylor and I talk about the North Carolina Duke game at the second half of this. But here you have Sean Mackey and myself and Sean, let's just get right to it. We just saw it this past Saturday night, uh, the Lakers and Warriors. The Lakers needed LeBron James to have a flashback game to score 56 points to win against the Draymond Green list Golden State Warriors. Um, look, we've talked about it quite a bit this year, more than we've wanted to, that this team sucks. Um, but to have a good moment finally this year, um, granted, probably took another season off LeBron's career uh, going through <laughs> that. But... Just a fun night for him. A really good game, honestly. Um, you get, you know, if you're like a fan of the two thousand early two thousands NBA, this was the game for you because you get LeBron James scoring fifty six and Carmelo Anthony hitting a game winning like game ceiling three. So, what a night! What a fun game. Yeah. Well, the NBA was riding on this too because uh, you know uh, a lot of people. I feel like you know a. Typically, a, a Lakers-Warriors uh, Saturday night game would be a big draw. And with the with the Warriors kind of slumping a little bit and the Lakers being trash um, and not being able to get rid of Russell Westbrook uh, at all, um, you know, it was – I think it was a really good thing that LeBron put on a, put on a show. So the people that yeah. did end up tuning in um, – you know, the NBA is at an advantage right now. Uh, NFL's over with right now. There's no baseball yet. Um, really, it's one of the only things to watch in terms of sports. So um, being able to capitalize on a, uh, a Saturday night game like that, um, which, you know – like I said, that usually should be a really good matchup, but you, you know, going in, you were like, eh, I don't know. I don't really care about this matchup. And then it ends up turning out to be a great game. Um, it's good for the NBA. You know, um, LeBron had to go ahead and do a little show off game. It was one, one of the, wasn't one of the uh, Los Angeles Rams there. Yeah. Matthew Stafford was there. We don't talk Matthew about St- the Los Angeles Rams. Oh yeah, we don't. I forgot. I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Who are they? Still, still not over it. All right. Too soon. I'm sorry. Too soon forever, Sean. There's never not a too soon with that. There's never. Okay. Yeah. Um, But yeah, um, Carmel sealing the deal in the game. Very exciting. Um, Let's kind of get into into the Warriors right now in in their slump. Um, We're we're it sounds like we're pretty close to a Draymond return from what I understand, but what kind of impact is Draymond going to to make at this point? Um, I mean, I think it just really still dictates their defense. I mean, this is a team that hasn't had James Wiseman all year. Um, yeah. So, you know, they're kind of relying on guys. And this is not, you know, to dig at these certain players that I mentioned. But, you know, you're kind of looking at guys like Kevon Looney to kind of like fill the, fill the pain for them. And that's not to say he's a bad player, but he's not what they thought they'd be getting from those two this season. And rightfully so. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, he's kind of like, I hate the cliche sports heart and soul, um, thing, you know, that's always dumb to me. Uh, but Draymond is the closest yeah. thing to that metaphor, to that, uh, cliche. Um, he's kind of the guy that keeps yeah. the ball rolling. I mean, you saw, they, you know, they were in the play in last year without Clay Thompson. Uh, this year they obviously make a good run at it. And, uh, I mean, they're still a top three seed. They're still the two seed, but Memphis is like getting closer and closer during this losing streak. I think for this team to win the championship, which, you know, a lot of us kind of at the beginning of the year really thought, oh, shit, this team could really win the title. This team needs Draymond Green to win the championship. They need to have him there. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And I think that's kind of the deciding factor for them in Phoenix right now. I know Phoenix just lost in the finals rematch game to Milwaukee, uh, which was a really good game also, by the way. Um, but this team definitely needs Draymond to kind of achieve their goals. Without him, no disrespect to Stephen Clay and Wiggins in the year he's had. Um, I just, I can't see them winning without him. Well, I mean, we got to look at some sort of a, you know, a bright light from this game. So the Warriors are getting production from their bench. So yeah. Jordan Poole, he, he dropped 23 points, uh, five assists, one steal. Um, Kaminga came in. Who I, I really like Kaminga. I don't know why. I, I just too. really like him. 18 points, some people in five our rebounds, two steals. Kaminga rookies. I saw. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah. some people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like him a lot. Um, you know, and, you know, you're not. <sighs> Steph's going to be Steph. Um, Wiggins kind of made the all-star team and I feel like he's kind of taken a little bit of a step back since the all-star break. Um, and you know, and Porter's solid, but you need Draymond Green in this, in this scenario. Kavon Looney. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, don't I like him. I like him too. I think he's a great backup player. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen. I, I doubt, I doubt Wiseman comes back and provides anything for this team. And I, I don't, I don't think he gives them any meaning, meaningful minutes. I don't think that they can trust him out. with anything. So it bums me out too. Um, Cause I feel like the fans just want to see it, you know? Um, yeah. So he's gone, you know? So um, they're in kind of a weird spot right now. Um, Clay has come back. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say that Clay is the same player that he was five years ago right now, but he's still, I feel like kind of getting his feet wet and going out there right. and, and, and playing. So, I mean, he's been gone for two years. I get it. Um, but they're going to have to lock in. And I feel like Draymond is the one person that is going to be able to help them unlock that. And they have to get him back and he has to be in good shape. And he had a back injury, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a little bit scary for, for playoff time, but hopefully they can get him back and they can, you know, kind of make a run. I think, uh, you know, they're still in a good spot right now. So, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm still happy that they're, they're, they're in this this year. So. Yeah. We're talking about, so we are talking about how Clay Thompson is not Clay Thompson just yet. And that's saying, you know, this kind of shows you how great he was in that run. Yeah. Is that he's shooting 37% from three and we're going, yeah, he's not Clay Thompson right now though. Yeah. <laughs> and he's shooting, I mean, he's shooting seven, seven and a half of threes a game, 37%. We're talking like he's slumping. That just shows probably, you how awesome he is. Prob- probably the most underappreciated second banana of the 2010s. Yeah. 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 Agreed. I, yeah, I was, uh, I was just kind of looking at that recently. I was kind of laughing, but yeah, yeah I agree with true. you. Uh, what they're getting from, you know, like you said, I really like Kuminga. Um, he's been awesome. Way better than I thought he'd be, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's just kind of getting to a system where, like, they, you know, they're going to boost you and get the most out of you. Yeah. Um, is, you know, the way to do it for him. And that's kind of really jumped out and really been a big energetic thing for them. But, yeah, man, I think uh, I'm with you. It's kind of comes back to do they get Draymond Green back? How soon do they get Draymond Green back? Um, because you don't want to get guys back in their legs underneath them in yeah. the postseason, obviously. And we're now, we're now at this point, we're pretty close to the end of the season. So, I don't know, man. It's just kind of a lot to like kind of expect from them. But if they get if they get Draymond Brack, I really like their chances. Without him, I just feel like Phoenix just runs to the West. But I know we've talked about it quite a bit and we're liking it. I'm liking it. I'm feeling more and more confident about the Memphis Grizzlies in the Western Conference. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh John Morant is the most exciting player in the NBA right now. Um uh, he he is a I, I feel like he is a generational talent like I think he's that good I think he I has know. like the stuff that he's been doing this year um, the athleticism just the you know not giving up on any plays uh, just uh, being clutch in moments that he doesn't even need to be clutch in you know I mean that is who he has become um, the Grizzlies, uh, I, I'll just go ahead and say this. I would not want to play the Grizzlies in any playoff matchup at nope. this point at all. Nope, don't care. Don't and, and I'm saying that I'm saying that for any team out in the West. I would not want to be anyone wanting to play them right now at all. Because yeah. they are not gonna go away lightly. I agree. I think just to kind of what they're seeing from them, 
the young athleticism, the excitement. And here's the thing. Um, obviously, we've talked about this quite a bit. So right now they have, I mean, they will, I shouldn't say right now. It's not like a protected. They will have, and this is obviously looking forward. This is just the beginning of what we're going to get from this organization together. As long as these guys stay healthy, of course. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. obviously has experience of not being healthy. Um, John Morant still scares the shit out of me with how he plays at times. Um, yeah. But I still really ex- am excited about what they could be because they have that Lakers pick. And right now the Lakers are picking in the lottery. So yeah. Yeah. There's a very good possibility they could add another lottery player to this team that already has John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. and Dylan Brooks. And, you know, you can go down the list of these really young, good players they have. Uh, Santi Aldama has somewhat been decent when, when yeah. called upon for them, yeah. which is kind of crazy to me because that was one of the few guys I didn't even know about going into the draft. <laughs> but, yeah, I think this is a really fun team. And I'm with you, man. Like, that's a team I don't want to play in a postseason if, like, if I'm going against them. I think it would be – I think this is going to be – like they're going to make it to the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is John Moran's time to really shine. And I think the uh, the entire sports you know, atmosphere is going to eventually end up watching John Moran and just dis- – I think it's going to – I think he has the potential to start drawing in people the way that Steph Curry did. Uh, you know, seven, eight years ago where it's like, it's, it's must see television. And it, I, I feel like if he puts on a couple of good shows in the playoffs, I feel like people are really going to start gravitating towards him. The, 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 the casual NBAers. I think he is, you said it earlier, he's the most exciting player in the league right now. And I completely agree with that. I don't think he should get most improved player. And I know this is another cliche that's been said a lot because he should be in the MVP conversation. Absolutely. He's been that tremendous. He has been that incredible. Um, and he's, you know, been the true leader of that Memphis team. I do, you know, when everyone's like, you know, it's Derrick Rose, and like, yeah, it ha- he has a lot of Derrick Rose similarities of like what Derrick yeah. Rose is like in his prime. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously you don't want him to suffer the same fate. So I want him to get more consistent with landing on two feet again when he dunks. That would be terrific. Yeah. But yeah, man, he's just a blast. And I can't say enough good things about him. One of the few jerseys I have in my collection is John Same. Morant. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we both we got the, we each got the Memphis throwbacks, but we got different ones. You got the classic Vancouver one. I got the classic bold letter Memphis, which I still really like a lot. So Yeah. Love I'm, it. All, I'm I'm all ready for the playoffs when my uh, my bulls flame out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had so much fun with them all year. I'm still having a blast, but you know, they're on a four game losing streak right now. Uh, you know, where DeRozan's kind of coming back down to earth a little bit. Zach Levine has been kind of battling the knee injury and obviously not having Caruso and not having, um, Lonzo has obviously hurt this team, but, or, or Pat talking- Williams. Yeah. Or Pat Williams. Yeah. Um, hell, I mean, yeah. Troy Brown ain't the guy. I'm qu- quickly figuring that out. No disrespect to Troy Brown. Congratulations yep. on last as long as you have in the league, but he's not a guy that's gonna, you know, he if he might be out of the playoff rotation. He might not make get playoff minutes. Might happen, yeah. So I don't know, man. It's just a bummer. And they're playing right now against the Sixers, who they haven't beat yet this year in three games. And they've never beaten Embiid at all. Nope. And they're down they've five never in the him. first quarter. That's if I were a betting man, I would be betting yeah. against the Bulls tonight. So there, I, I don't think too. there's. I don't think there's any way that they're going to be able to. I mean, <laughs> Vuj can't stop him. <laughs> no, no. I mean, Giannis can't stop him. And Giannis is pretty incredible himself. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's bad. So um, going back, let's go back to the 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 Lakers Warriors game real quick. So okay. LeBron, I think we kind of just skimmed over LeBron having this the biggest biggest game of the year for him. Yeah. Is this is this a fluke? I don't think so. I mean, he's definitely like no, he hasn't had a fifty-six point game all year, but we've seen him turn in like awesome. I mean, I was there in person, he scored thirty-nine. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, I certainly think he still has these in him. I think the fluke is obviously more um, you know, the Westbrook thing's just an easy target at this point, but you know, they're relying on Stanley Johnson to play big minutes. And I like Stanley Johnson. I think he's been really good for them. But, you know, how many more minutes can you get out of guys like Stanley Johnson, 
DJ Augustine, <laughs> Avery Bradley. Um, you know, they're so weird with like Kent Basemore. They'll like have a decent game and then they just won't play him at all the next week. So I don't know if it's a fluke. Um, yeah. I'm definitely surprised yeah. they beat the Warriors. Don't get me wrong. Um, but if, it, if you're asking if the LeBron performance is a fluke, I don't think so. Would it be shocked if he goes into San Antonio tonight and drops 33? I would not be. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's like top three in the league. So are we going to talk? Yeah. Yeah. So are we going to talk about this? Are we going to talk about, about Boston? (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. 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 Okay. Here's Uh, the thing. Okay. First off yesterday. He's he's here to make some excuses. (laughs) Let's, let's get happy about one thing yesterday. They did work on the Brooklyn Nets. They did. The Brooklyn Nets are under 565 games into the season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah they are. Yeah they are. But they they lost one of their best pe- players just recently and their other one is apparently too shy to play. So Yeah, I guess they said he's not going to play Thursday in Philly, but he's making the trip with the team. I know. I know. Because he, he doesn't want to go out there. He's going to get merciless, mercilessly booed the entire game. Like, I mean, they're going to tear him apart in Philly. I mean, yep, it's going to be awesome. I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming that you read that, that story. Maybe it was running around last year about the, there was some sort of robot that they were sending town to town and ended up going all the way through the world and everything. And they let it loose in, in, in Philadelphia and Philadelphia people just destroyed the robot in the middle of the street. <laughs> well, yeah, man, they don't want, you know, they don't want the government to see what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, like out of it, like went through all these different places, like New York and everywhere else. And then like, it gets to Philly and Philly's like, what's this? And they end up yeah. destroying this robot, you know? So the classic story, they booed Santa Claus. Uh, <laughs> so, so what are they going to do to Ben Simmons? If he shows up, <laughs> No, he is showing up. He's just not playing. He's going to be sitting on the bench. He's actually going to be in attendance on the bench. According to what Shams said today, and Shams and Ben Simmons do have the same agent. Brave man. Brave man. I'm sure he's probably just like, you know what, let's just get this over with. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But the fact that he's still not playing is a joke. Whatever. I'm I'm sick of Ben Simmons. I'm so sick of him. Um, I'm so sick of him. I've never seen. I haven't seen him play in over a year. <laughs> yeah, just sick of so talking sick about of him. him. So sick of him. <laughs> yeah, at least like when Anthony Davis like requested that trade, we were like, okay, we know like he wants to play, and like they sent him home at one point. They're like, we're gonna tank, you know. So just go home. All street All right. closed, Davis. <laughs> so the Celtics. Celtics, yes, thirty-nine and twenty-seven. Yep, pretty solid. Fifth yep. in the East right now. If the season ends today, I'd be playing the Bulls. I think I would take the Celtics in that series right now. Uh, yep, I would too. <laughs> yeah, three game win streak. Um, they had that one weird game last week where they lost to the Pacers, but other than that, they've been pretty tremendous. They beat Brooklyn twice recently. Um, they've beaten the Sixers recently. They not only beat the Sixers, they friggin' beat them one thirty five to eighty seven. That's um, insane. That's they're insane. actually on a three game win streak against the Nets right now. Well, and Jason Tatum had one of the best games of his career. Oh, my God. He was insane yesterday. 54 points. Played 41 minutes. Yeah. 54 points, five rebounds, and three assists. You don't take out a guy who's 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 putting Eastern up that Thomas kind of production. Part of the week. Yeah. yeah, you know, and you look at, like, Al Horford. Al Horford has, like, somehow been rejuvenated all of a sudden. Like, I almost forgot that he was playing with the Celtics again. Mm-hmm. Um, 13 points, seven and four. Time Lord had 10 and eight Jalen Brown, 24. I mean, and, and you're getting meaningful minutes again from, from Marcus smart. So just an incredible, incredible performance and totally outplayed Kevin Durant. Like, like just yeah. ended up outplaying. I mean, he had to, to win, you know, and you, and you look at that game and it's, I'll tell you, man, like, I don't know how Brook what Brooklyn's going to do in the playoffs. I have no confidence in them to do anything right now. I feel I like I don't either. I, I feel like their their bubble has has. I think last year was possibly their 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 big mark because I just I agree. 
they don't they don't have any they don't have any depth at all. There's no depth there at all. I mean, Seth Curry, I like I like them having Seth Curry, but like I don't know, I don't really think they're using him correctly. I agree. And, After Kyrie Durant and Curry, you know, you're like, all right, cool, Dion, uh, you know, go out yeah. there and give us minutes, Blake Griffin. And Patty Mills, I mean, he had 14 minutes last night. He put up three points. You know, it's like everybody thought, oh, you know, he was going to be great and everything. And he's had some moments this year, but he's, you know, with Kyrie Irving back, he's, he's on the bench. So it's just, it's very frustrating to see, you know, what's kind of, kind of happening to that team. But Celtics winning that one last night, 126, 120. Um, And then uh, before that, the game before they ended up playing the Grizzlies, they beat the Grizzlies. Yeah. Before that, they beat the Hawks. I mean, you just go back and you're looking at all this. I mean, they built, they beat the Knicks or the Nets on on February 24th. I mean, they've been and like you said, that complete absolute beatdown on the day after Valentine's Day, 135 to 87 against the 76ers. <laughs> yeah. So, it they are playing and they ble- you know the Nuggets. They beat the Nuggets. Like they're beating good teams. They're yeah, not they just they're beating really really good teams and um. Going back to January, they beat the Heat. I mean, looking back, man, they've won most of their – they've barely lost at all. Yeah, we were talking about this team, like, in December, like, laughing at how much they sucked and how, like, Marcus Smart was fighting with Tatum and Brown and saying that they need to pass and all this stuff, and now we're like, damn it. What – I mean, what 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 has happened, though? Do you think they just, like, woke up one day and were like, that's it, we're, we're better than this? Since Christmas, they've been the best defense in the league. I yeah. think that really has played a part. And obviously Tatum and Brown kind of, you know, Brown was out for a few weeks for, for a few games with an ankle injury. Yeah. Um, and Tatum got to really shine in those games. I think it's just kind of, um, maybe it's because they got Daniel Thice in a trade again. Maybe that, yeah. that did it. Yeah. You know, yeah. they did get him back. That's obviously a joke, but um, well, they did get, well, you know, I mean, he did, he did provide them some, some depth a couple years ago. So, you know, uh, you know, Sometimes you get a guy in a in a in a jersey where you know he's comfortable, you know the the, the old Lance Stevenson type scenario, the, Lance, the Kirk you know, Heinrich, the Kirk Heinrich, you know it, it just it just gets the juices going again. So um, and and you know it looking at their schedule ahead, next two games they got the Hornets and the Pistons. So uh, you know the this Pistons is going to be a- weirdly play weirdly well against the Celtics. They never they don't beat them, but they always like just take them like to the wire. Well, you know, I mean, those I, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say those are two easier games that they could go ahead and win. And after that, they got the Mavericks, the Warriors, and then the Kings. So, you know, you're going to probably get at least one of those three. So I, they, they don't have a terrible schedule for the next couple of games either. So they're going to be keep keeping up with padding the uh, padding the wins there. And, 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 you know, they might they might pass up Chicago. Who knows? So. I would probably put money on that happening pretty soon yeah. just because yeah. the Bulls schedule is brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. They've got, you know, uh, before we get to that, I did want to mention, so this came out yesterday uh, and I thought it was really funny. Um, so Kyrie Irving compares Celtics fans to a scorned girlfriend. It's like the scorned girlfriend who wants an explanation on why I left, but still hoping for a text back. I'm just like, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> You, you no showed the Eastern Conference Finals. I understand you were hurt, but you didn't even sit on the bench. Yeah, Eastern Conference Finals. You do Celtics Fan Fest for your free agent year, and you say, "If you guys would have me back, I will sign here." Yeah, yeah. Everybody thought that he was resigning there. That was the whole talk of the year. Oh, he's coming back. Like that wasn't even a. Uh... Yeah, we were like sitting there, like, "Oh man, they might go to the finals with this group." Like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable what what could have been yeah you just hate to see it right yes (laughs) um yeah just unbelievable man just i'm so sick of i hate Kyrie so much i shouldn't hate basketball players or at least express what i do on 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 wax but he is definitely on the hate list no i i understand yeah all right, so let's start real quick. A couple other trends I want to look at. Um, the Bucks are kind of getting back in business. They've won four in a row. Yeah. Chris Nellon still a schmuck. Um, <laughs> and then this, you know, we've got Dallas winning four in a row. They've been on a roll. Minnesota 
How about that? 36 and 29, four straight wins. Carl Anthony Towns, Western Conference Player of the Week. Yeah, I think I think we're what we're seeing, Tim, is we're we're seeing teams that are starting to lock in and they're getting ready for the playoffs. Yeah. And we're really seeing, you know, who's really locking in right now and and who isn't. And I feel like the play-in this year is gonna be super interesting on both sides. Um I think um I think the playoffs are gonna be really good this year. Like I think I think we're at a point where um talent is really kind of peaking in the NBA. I know a lot of old timers would probably disagree with that, but um it's true. And thank uh, you. That was a topic I wanted to bring up. <laughs> so um I think you know I think it's gonna be a really, really decent NBA finals or not or NBA playoffs this year. I think we're just gonna I think it's gonna be just really, really good. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm very excited for it. Uh, yeah, so you brought up how, you know, the old timers, we go through this all the time, and I know we're, we've just touched on a bunch of topics here. Um, so I just kind of want to talk about the, the contrasting differences between two that have come out recently. Um, there was that thing where Charles Oakley was on a podcast, and he said that Giannis would come off the bench in his era, which is just unfathomably stupid to say. Oh, he's Giannis- just he, he's just saying that to get to get clicks, man. That's not even worth anything considering Giannis is already a top 30 NBA player of all time probably (laughs) yeah yeah that's just that's just oak reaching right there just for some clicks that's all that is yeah well it's stupid but what I'm trying to get at is when you have guys like that who just like to always like do this thing where they belittle um you know the inside the NBA guys we've talked about that quite a bit where um I like when they're like you know, we've talked a lot about when Shaq and Barkley talked about Embiid it wasn't that they were like hassling him they were just like look we've been great and we know what it takes and we think you can be great. So we want you to be great. And look, he's been great. Um, especially the fact that he's healthy. It's fucking awesome to see him healthy. It's been a blast. Yeah. But Alan Iverson recently posted a picture with his MVP trophy yeah. and John Morant's jersey on there. And he said, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. And with the NBA 75 stuff at the All-Star game, there's that clip going around where Giannis goes up to Allen Iverson, introduces himself. Yeah. It's like, you know, I saw your documentary. I started playing basketball because of you. And Allen Iverson's like, I love it. I love it. He's like, I love what you do. Keep grinding. You know, I just feel like Allen Iverson has set the precedent on how NBA, NBA legends to treat the current game because everything he said there was perfect and everything he's done to show love for Ja. You know, he called LeBron Which, the one at one point, yeah, like just perfect. Yeah, I feel like I feel like uh, there's been like a part. Of, I feel like I, Alan Iverson, had, you know, he's one of those guys who was known kind of as a prickly NBA player. Um, you know, I feel like he's softened quite a bit over the last couple of years. And I feel like he's really um, embraced his role as kind of an ambassador of the NBA. I agree. Um, which you like to see because there's a lot of players that don't, you know, um, you know, it's a lot of players that, you know, aren't out there, you know, doing that. And it's, it's, it's all feel good stuff. I mean, we got Scottie Pippen, you know, destroying all of his old teammates in a book trying to get, you know, people to buy that. And we got Oak, you know, talking smack and it's, you know, at a certain point, you know, Rashid's just, LeBron wouldn't last in my era was really funny to me, considering they played in the same they era. Played in the same era, yeah, they did. They did play in the same era. So it's like, did you forget about that? Yeah, did you forget that he like eliminated you from the playoffs and had a playoff game where he scored twenty five straight? Rashid, no, he's he's blocked that from his mind. That's why he, he doesn't remember it. So yeah, it's also always funny to me that I remember the Rashid Wallace. Went to the finals as a member of the Celtics when they lost to the Lakers in ten. Yeah, yeah, he did. I uh, that's something that that totally escaped my brain. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, me too. Um, I want to touch on Jokic real fast because sure. he had another freaking incredible game yesterday. And um, Bobby Marks kind of talked about this, and I know Bobby's kind of. I think Bobby's really goofy on television. Yes, um, at times, you know. Just kind of feels like he's like always feels out of place. So he had 46, 12, and 11 yesterday. Uh, four blocks, three steals on top of that. You know, we've talked, you know, he's a defending MVP. 
Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of people are trying to make the case. He's the best player in the world right now. And he might be, you know, he yeah. might be, um, are we at the point? And I kind of agree with this. Bobby Marks was like, if we're going to do this whole thing with all NBA, we have to get rid of positions. He's like, cause Jokic is basically a point guard on offense and defensively plays a center. He's like, you know, we've always, we talked about LeBron all this time. Um, you know, he's like, I think we're at the point now where like, it's unfair that Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic, because they're listed as a center, is going to be second team NBA, and one of them's also going to finish second in MVP voting. Yeah, do away with that, and then reinstate the center position for the All Star game. Please, yeah. please, please. We're yeah, all cool we're all that. back. We're all backwards on that. Yeah, I just want to make sure we we gave Jokic his flowers because he was incredible. Um, <laughs> dude, he was so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to watching some Nuggets basketball during the playoffs. Yeah, especially if too. we get Jamal Murray back. Yeah, I think Michael Porter. They're talking about like potentially coming back soon too. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't see that happening. But I, I think Murray, Murray will be back. Yeah, I hope so for the sake of the Nuggets. Um, all right, man. I think we can kind of go ahead and wrap from here. Um, this is a lot of fun. Just do this real quick. Stay tuned uh, on this same episode. We're going to give you some at-large bid. Uh, hear Taylor Bergfeld celebrate North Carolina ending Coach K's final game <laughs> at, at Cameron. It's awesome. It's very funny. And then uh, also do a little conference preview talk, um, kind of give our predictions for the Power 5 conference tournaments before we get you ready for Selection Sunday. So Sean and I got some plans coming up for what we're going to do with winning time. Mm-hmm. Also check us out on the YouTube channel uh, that we did our card break last week for 2022 NBA Hoops. We have a big one coming up. So we'll send some information out. Thank you guys. Have a good one. Uh, hopefully we get Ben and Josh back soon. See ya. This is impromptu by me. I'm sorry about this afternoon. That No, please. No. Please, everyone be quiet. Let me just say, it's unacceptable. Today was unacceptable, but the season has been very acceptable. The season has been very acceptable. Yeah, that was, uh, that was unbelievable. Unbelievable. If you would have asked me, I mean, I went back, it's funny. Um, I was on YouTube today in our episode from... Three or four weeks back, early February, late January, when um, Houston played Cincinnati, and we were recapping that game. Yeah, right after Duke beat Carolina by like twenty in the Dean Dome. Um, I, I mentioned in that podcast or that video podcast, where however you watch us, that I was like, "There's a zero percent chance that we win that game in Durham." Now Carolina was playing pretty bad, and Duke was obviously rolling. But yeah, going into Saturday night, I was with some friends out watching the game, and I was like, "Hey, like." If they're, I said they're either gonna win outright or lose by twenty. I was like, I mean, there's not even a chance it's a close game. Um, if you're Coach K, a picture perfect game would be exactly what happened, you know. And then they come back and storm back and win by four or five. But absolute craziness um, to spoil his night. <laughs> I mean, there's no better feeling as a Carolina fan. This is the biggest, biggest win since the 2017 national championship game for Carolina. Absolutely. Well, it was, I was working the Xavier-Georgetown game, so finally we both got to have a good Saturday. Um, but I was just kind of checking it periodically through the game just because Xavier's actually having a really fun game as well and just kind of kept clicking on it and checking it here and there, and I saw they were down like a decent amount in the middle of the first half. And then I kind of was checked back here and there. I was texting you a little bit, and I turned it back real quick, but it was like they're up four with like a few minutes to go and then all of a sudden i'm like oh okay cool and then they start i turned it on with like a minute and a half left i think at that point armando had like had the had a dunk or something to just like put it away and it was like oh this is awesome so like at this point i'm not even paying attention to the game i'm working and i'm just watching this and i'm like cracking up because all you just see is like all those people just sitting there like with like just, just dead expression on their face just like distraught, like unbelievable. Um, and then I actually didn't see that video until the next day. Um, just because I was just kind of like working around. We had some family in town. And so when I saw that, it just made it even better. Um, oh, not just best. because you as my friend are a big Tar Heel fan. Um, it was just a blast to watch 
like just kind of like fall apart like that. Oh um, yeah. Just like I'm smiling. Stuff. I'm smiling thinking about like watching it and the game again. So yeah, we'll break down two things here. We're gonna get to conference tournament stuff for you guys. I know it's conference tournament week, but yeah, the big story of the weekend, maybe the big story of the year, was you know, Coach K announces in June. Roy Williams retires on April 1st. Coach K announces in June that this is his last year that he's named John Shire the successor. And that this is his last year, last ride, whatever, right? And not everything is on Coach K for how big the media proportion got. Now, granted, he is bias everything. He is an egomaniac that he wanted all this. And don't let anybody, including the Duke basketball staff or any Duke fan, tell you that he didn't want this. He deserves it, right? He deserves his swan song. He deserves this and that. But ESPN looked at it as like a money grab. Coach K looked at it as like, yep, we're going to honor me. So we'll get to the pregame stuff here first. The the week leading up, right? College game day absolutely should be in Durham, right? And it's it's in Durham when it's in when Carolina plays at Duke, and it's in Chapel Hill when Duke plays at Carolina. It's just, it, unfortunately, they they go to Rupp, they go to Kansas, they go to Carolina, they yeah. go to Duke. That's their four or five stops. It is what it is. Once college bat, football season's over, so game day's at at Cameron, right, right outside Kville. All the students camping out, right? Big environment, great environment. Former players are back. They're having people come up on the stage. It's great. I didn't watch too much of it because they talked about North Carolina for two seconds. So be it, right? Let them have their moment. It's, it's all about Coach Gett. So before the game starts, right, Coach, I would love to know somebody walked up to Coach K letting him know that, hey, like the game before yours, Kansas and Texas is going to overtime, so we're going to have to delay the start of the game. <laughs> a, you know, he probably freaked out about it. B, whatever. So then they go double. They, God damn two it, those the, stupid yeah. Chris Beard, you asshole. Uh, two <coughs> two screens on the double box, right? So they got all the former players come out, right? They're gonna they're gonna celebrate Coach K. They're gonna make an archway. He's gonna walk out. I have no problem with that, right? You're gonna honor him. That's cool. It, it's, it was cool to see who came back: Jay Will, Grant Hill, uh, Christian Leitner, Steve Wojciechowski. You know, a bunch of Dukes. Oh, yeah. Grayson Allen, bunch JJ. of former players, right? Yeah, all the all the greats. Um, you know, a lot of the NBA guys didn't come back because the NBA former players, former coaches. A lot of them tied up, right? He comes out with like 11 minutes left. They take a big photo. They go back out. The game's about to start. That's I'm okay with everything so far, right? Like his speech, I thought they should have done the speech beforehand, but I think, and everybody else thought, there's no way they lose that game, right? So that's why they probably did it after the game. Yeah. The problem I have is the laugh out loud, funny white zip ups that everybody's wearing with the Brotherhood, which, dude, I have spent hours and hours <laughs> of my life laughing at the Brotherhood A. And B, like, just making fun of how many, like, was Derek Thornton invited? Was Simi Ojale invited? Was Rashid Dolomon invited? Was, you know, I could go on about all these transfers that lead the program. Were they invited? They probably weren't, right? So, A, they're all wearing the Brotherhood patch. And then everybody else, or Coach K is wearing the Brotherhood patch, right? And everybody else is wearing just a K logo. Remember, this is not about, it's not about Coach K. It's about Duke basketball and the kids. But they're all wearing a K logo. Just K. And then... Pretty it weird says, to have a bunch of white guys wearing K's next to each other. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough look. Probably not and a good luck. On yeah. the banner, you know, on the media banner underneath the student section, it one one legacy defined by one letter. K, right? It all deserving. Yeah, let pump out as much memorabilia, as much ads, whatever you want to call it. Do that. So the game tips, and you hit it right on the head. First half competitive. Carolina gets up early, six seven points. Um, they're kind of riding a hot lead here. Armando Baycott picks up his second foul. Duke goes up 38-27. Paolo Bancaro gets an and one. Um, looks over at North Carolina Ben just says, you ain't shit. Pound on his chest, right? Like, crucial matter there. We, he gets outscored like 22-7 to the rest of the game there. Paolo's having a great first half. Duke's up nine. Carolina comes down, hits a three. Hits another three. Long story short, they go into the half. R.J. Davis hit the three right before half. They're down two at half. 41-39. And I'm feeling like, you know what? Like, we're in this game. We weathered the storm. When Duke got up eight or nine points, I'm kind of teetering and thinking, like, oh man, like we're one turnover, one three for Duke from this thing just blowing like out of the out of proportion and we can't can't compete here. So second half continues, and kind of like you said, it, it was just back and forth for the second half. Carolina would build up like a four-point lead. Duke would fight back, cut it to two, tie the ball game up. But there was something the longer that Duke didn't extend the lead and the longer that Duke didn't take over, the later into the game, the more tight and the more like intense the atmosphere got, right? Like, and you could just tell Carolina goes on a little bit of a run up seven points with like three minutes left. And Jay will, the best shot of the game is they panned all the student section or the behind the Duke bench. And it's, it, it's all the former players and Jay will is just hammering for a timeout. And Coach K doesn't call it right. Duke makes a three cuts it to four. All of a sudden, 
minute and a half left, minute left. Carolina, like you said, Armando Baycott hits a dunk. And before you know it, with 35 seconds left, Duke's Carolina or Carolina's up 12. And like the look, the panning around Cameron Indoor Stadium, phenomenal. You had dorks, and I'll call them dorks for the rest of my life because I despise them in Sesame Street outfits. Um, the former players were looking around like, I can't believe this is happening. Chris Carwell, John Shire, they have all these looks on their faces of, you know, this went from them winning at Carolina to then, hey, there's no way they lose in Coach K's last game, being 2-0 and going into the John Shire era, whereas North Carolina had some turmoil about being like, hey, are they going to be able to be elite under Hubert Davis? All that's wiped now. All the pressure is on John Shire now. Like, Duke, you lost on Coach K's last game forever. North Carolina fans have the one-up over Duke. Being like, yeah, Coach K is great. He's won five. Roy, Roy Williams won three titles. Coach K won five. But we beat you on his on his day. <laughs> that was all about him. So I, it's funny because I know everybody hates Duke. If you're a Duke fan, believe me, everybody hates you. You know it. Everybody knows it. But just watching the national media just be on North Carolina's side when they beat, they they ruined the party. It was phenomenal to see. You were texting me. It was – if we would have recorded a uh, – breaking edition or you know whatever we're gonna call it pod that night i wouldn't have been able to speak because i immediately was starting <laughs> to drink as much alcohol as i could find i was celebrating so just kind of want to get your thoughts on it just the overall like i know it's the, been the lead story for sports center for college basketball podcast leading into conference tournament you know that's why college basketball is the best storylines they just write themselves so is it you think it's the biggest win since the 2017 title game yeah i would say so um yeah. i think it makes a ton of sense i mean that's hubert davis's uh landmark win so far in his tenure um, I joked on Twitter, I tweeted that he's going to get the Charlie Weiss extension. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know what I'm talking about there, Notre Dame beat number 10 Michigan in Charlie Weiss's first year. And then all of a sudden he got a 10 year contract extension. Um, so I made the joke that that was going to happen. Um, yeah, I think Armando Bacot really this helps him out a ton. As far as his NBA draft stock, they're going to see how he played in the biggest game. And for Carolina, obviously, you know, you and I were talking about it and we thought it was ridiculous, but there were many people who, even though they came to that game winning 11 of 13, had them as a bubble team. And we were like, this season, the ACC, they're North Carolina. They have 20 wins. Like, no, they're they're in the tournament. And um, I, so and that's, that's gone off. now. I get that because they want a, you know, it's Indiana, it's Michigan, it's Carolina. They want these teams to be on the bubble so they can throw them to Dayton and have a first four and have them. Like, think about last year, Michigan State, UCLA in the first four. Like, yeah, they want the eyes on those games, right? And I think Carolina is that talking point where it stirs up conversations about the bubble. And so be it if, although we don't think that they're on the bubble, having them there, you know, Joe Lenardi saying that they're on the bubble, it's a great talking point to get people to pay attention to your article. Not that I give him any time of the day. So yeah. Joe, um, like When they like have that thing that comes out every year, like rating, like the accuracy of bracketologists, he's always like middle of the pack, like very low, but people treat him like he's gospel. And it drives me crazy. Also, I'm not trying to be rude when I say this, but, Picking the bubble is always six to eight teams, right? So yeah, it's always like thirty-seven teams on the bubble, and I'm like, that's not how that works, right? But they always say, oh, Lenardi gets sixty of the sixty-eight teams in the tournament. Well, thirty-two of them are given, and what, yeah. what they don't realize is that okay, South Dakota State is the number one seed in the Summit League tournament, right? He has them in as the automatic qualifier for the Summit League. If they lose, all he does is switch whoever beat them to that qualifier. It's not a hard process here. Like yeah, he used to always do the thing too, where be like when he would put his stuff up, like Xavier and Cincinnati are in the same region, Kentucky and Louisville are in the same region. Like, I'm that like, can't happen, dude. You're not. Yeah, you just want that. talking points, like right. So yeah, yeah, that's that, that. Carolina's firmly off the bubble. I text you as soon as they won, said bubble team my ass, um, just to or deliver the point of how great of a win that was. Um, yeah, and you know I don't want to spend too much time on it. Everybody watched. It. Big win for me. I was obviously very excited. I could talk hours on it, but I want to be kind of short and sweet to the point here. But let's get to the post-game stuff. Here's my problem with Duke, right? It's senior day. Theo John, Joey Baker, uh, Bates Jones, which is Daniel Jones' little brother. I don't know if you knew that. He transferred from Davidson. Did not know that. Transferred from Davidson and played. He actually played a couple and like some games this year. Not, not you know, not a lot, but he actually got in some big minutes and gave some good minutes there for him. But no. No senior day festivities. Now, it's all likelihood. Theo Johns had his senior day at Marquette. Bates Jones had his senior day at Davidson. They both took their extra COVID year this year. And Joey Bick is probably coming back, right? So you can spin it in a way being like, hey, like, Joey, you'll get yours next year. Theo, blah, blah, blah. But still, not about Coach K. It's about the kids. But also, no senior day activities for any of the kids there. It's all about K that day. So then we get to the 
then we get to the post game, which is like as a Carolina fan watching Hubert Davis hanging outside the locker room, um, Armando Baycott, Brady Manick coming running up to him. They're just they're uh, you know in tears or hugging him. You know, it, it was cool to see because, like you said, a statement win for Hubert Davis finally got one. A lot of talking heads, including myself, were down on him. You know, and I I I'll eat crow. Listen, that win, <laughs> Charlie Weiss extension, however you want to call it, like. He's earned some time for me, and I'll, he gave me a win that I'll never forget. Um, but, yeah, Coach K's hugging them. They're having a great time to celebrate. All five starters for North Carolina, four of the five scored 20-plus points. All five starters played every minute in the second half. Every minute. Didn't – no substitution in the second half. He kept his guys out there at the media timeouts, used those to give guys a break. But they those five forever cemented in Carolina history. When you think of R.J. Davis, Caleb Love, Armando Baycott, Brady Manning, and Leaky Black – and if you see them out, you're going to say, or if you're a Carolina fan, if you, you know, Carolina fans see them, they're going to always chop it up, say you beat Coach K in his last game. So, and this is the last thing we'll say on Coach K, and then they shift back. So it's a post-game ceremony, Carolina celebrating in the locker room, and Coach K comes out there, and, you know, they, President, AD, they start giving speeches about him, giving gifts, all deservingly so, right? This is all planned. Probably should have been before the game. But, and watching the sad Duke fans stay there, Coach K comes up to the mic, says it's, impromptu that he's going to have something to say and said he's sorry about today's effort right the, the clip that tim started the pod with he's sorry about today's effort and his family starts saying no no and he like coach k spazzes out no please everybody be quiet and you know tells everybody to be quiet and that it's unacceptable so but the season was acceptable and right your first time you win the acc regular season since uh 2006 and like ryan said coach k acting like a big ass baby take that l right that's Forever. One one letter defines his legacy, and the only thing I'll remember with is a big L. He lost his last game at Cameron. Um, yeah, Duke's still in a good spot. I, I'm, you know what? I'm not even going to be nice about Duke. They're going to play in the AC tournament. They're probably going to win the AC tournament. They're not going to win it all. This team can't win it all. I'll stamp it. March. March 7th at 6.06. I'm, I'm saying they're not going to win it all. They can't. Palo Banchero falling out in the first half. Six points in the second half. They... The plague that, that has was like a big all... trend for him this year. He would like have these awesome first half and the second half he'd be kind of mid. Because everybody else is trying to get theirs. Trevor Keels and Wendell Moore and I mean AJ AJ Griffin or AJ Griffin had a great um great game at Chapel Hill, right? Twenty one points. Yeah. This game, five points. Leaky Black shut him down. Phenomenal game from Carolina. Firmly punches our ticket to the tournament. Duke fans are salty. And then the last thing and the handshake line, I don't know if you saw that. Chris Carroll. Yeah. Um, blows off Hubert Davis. And listen, A, I, I'm not going to call the big stir about it. It's a douche move. Like, just shake the guy's hand, right? No, so it's funny. K, um, Chris Carrawell was mad that North Carolina did not honor Coach I saw that article. I saw that article from Sports Illustrated. Absolutely fuck off. Pardon my language. But I do not care about that. So um, we're not going to give him a five-minute ceremony before the game in Chapel Hill because they're going to boo the shit out of him there. And I, I would have been in attendance doing the same. So – Chris Carwell is mad, but you know, it's funny because he said that he was mad at coach K and Hubert didn't shake hands before the game. They did. Hubert didn't walk over and shake the assistant coach's hands for Duke. Who cares? Who, who literally yeah. cares? No one does. But anyway, that. after the game, Hubert and K shake hands, K shaking hands with all the UNC players, talking to Armando Baycott, doing the right thing. You know, no problem with that. Hubert goes up, John Shire and him, him they have, they have a conversation. Chris Carwell blows him off. Nolan Smith shakes his hand and looks the other way. You know what? I'm cool with it. Do you? But just a douche move. Just shake your hand and move on. Coach K is the king of the blow-by. Shake your hand and walk right past. Remember when Gottfried beat him in mm-hmm. Durham and smacked him on the ass? Kind of a funny moment. So that's where I'm at with Duke. Um, it was a laugh-out-loud moment. When Duke loses in the tournament, I'm going to post the unacceptable video. Like, Coach K did not realize he just teed up a million striking points at him. So um, I'm excited, man. Best time of the year. Uh, what, you got anything to close the, close the Duke Carolina chapter out? Nope. Just that. It was fun to watch. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for my Carolina Tar Heel friend fans. And um, I don't think we could do your Coach K any just without asking, well, what's your major, son? Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like, I, I really don't want to spend time shitting on him. I, I do that in my own time laughing at him. But right. the guy's got plenty of hit. Like, right. Coach K is Coach K. Ego maniac. Yeah. So. Exactly. All right, man. Let's get to some conference tournament brackets. Let's try and talk through them real quick. Uh, we'll start actually. We'll start here in the ACC. Um, okay. So teams with a double bye: Duke, Miami, Notre Dame, North Carolina. Teams with a yep. single bye: Florida State, Syracuse, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, Virginia. So Tuesday, tomorrow, first games. 
Uh, two o'clock, we got Pitt, Pitt, Boston College, Clemson, NC State, and the Louisville, Virginia Tech. Um, yeah, that's a terrible day of basketball. Not gonna lie to you. Not yeah, excited about any of that. It's funny because conference tournament week is supposed to be like, oh my god, it's it's Tuesday. There's wall to wall basketball from noon right. to midnight, right? Really, conference tournament week doesn't get going until Thursday because some of these opening round games and all these conferences are terrible. So, but yeah, they're butt. All right, so in this, <clears throat> sorry, got a little slip my throat there real quick. So, <laughs> like Coach K after on. the game, right? Mm-hmm. That was acceptable oh, oh, though. Look at the <laughs> looking at the ACC, right? Like, we're not going to spend time breaking down each game for you guys. We're going to probably give you um, two or three teams that can win it. If you're into betting, you can look at some of the futures for them. Um, maybe some dark horses, but I will looking at the ACC, the top portion of the bracket where Duke is at is a lot stronger than the bottom portion. So yes, Duke, is. Is look at, Duke is looking at playing a winner of Florida state, Syracuse, Syracuse. They beat by a hundred up in New York. Um, I don't think they'll have a problem. No matter who they play in that first game, they're going to inflict some pain because coach K had them pissed off after that game Saturday. So, um, but you're looking at a second round matchup of, you know, with, with uh, wake forest or Miami, um, two teams, Miami, who had beat them in Durham and Wake Forest, a team that, you know, has the ACC player of the year and Alondis Williams, who should not be that, but that's yeah. beside the point. But that the top part of the bracket, Duke, Miami, Wake Forest, um, it's going to be Duke that comes out of it. I, the only other team I could see that could beat them would be Miami or Wake Forest, but wouldn't hold your breath there. The bottom part of the bracket, um, a Notre Dame-Virginia Tech matchup in the second round and a Carolina-Virginia matchup if everything goes chalk. Um, if it doesn't go chalk, then that means Notre Dame and North Carolina should walk to the the semifinals just because of how bad the um, the lower seeds right. are there. I would like to see Notre Dame and Carolina play again. Um, it was a two-point game in, in South Bend this year, and Nate Lewinsky went off for three. I think he had like eight threes, so I'd like to see Carolina get another stab at him. Um, I think you're looking at a rematch, Carolina-Duke or Notre Dame-Duke in the title game, um, and if Duke could win by 100, I, I could not care less after what happened Saturday. So um, I, I'm going to say Duke wins it. Dark horse, um, Notre Dame or Carolina, but that's not even really a dark horse. I think Duke pretty much wraps it up. Yeah, I have the same thoughts on it. You do so, uh, not a whole lot to dive into there. But with yeah. question for you with seeding though, right now in Lenardi's latest bracketology, which we shit on him for how bad he is, but happy to do any day of the week. Yeah, the he has Carolina as an eight seed. If they if they beat Virginia, beat Notre Dame, lose to Duke, do you, do you think they're like a seven? If they win the ACC, do you think the highest they can get is like a six? They pick uh, think, up two. They pick up two quality one wins on their way there with Notre Dame. Yeah. So plus they enter the people today. Yeah, twenty fifth. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I could see them going to six potentially. Six. Yeah, I don't. I, I think they have them to being win. a five or higher. I think they have to win it to be a six. I think if they if they get to if they beat Notre Dame, um, I think they can move to the seven line by just beating Notre Dame. But they have mm-hmm. to have some of the seven line seeds lose in their conference tournament pretty early. So. That's where I'm at. I think Duke wins it. If not Duke, then whoever comes out of the bottom, Notre Dame or Carolina. I think Wake Forest or Miami, I think you're asking a lot of, like, Wake Forest, Miami will be a stressful game on Friday or Thursday, and then the winner of that has to beat Duke. Then, you know, you're looking at, like, the third game and third day, like, three really hard games, whereas North Carolina and Notre Dame might be able to coast to the semifinals or the finals. So, yeah, I agree. Let's get to the American real quick. Um, I think this is one of two teams that's going to win. It's because it could be Houston or Memphis. The way Memphis has played well, they've just been of late. They've been awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think we're past the point of they need to win the conference to get in the tournament. I think right now. Yeah, I think right now they're definitely in, barring they lose to, you know, South Florida or UCF, um, which I don't see them losing either of those teams. Uh, I think Houston will run through. I mean, they're not going to be worried about playing Cincinnati on Friday. Um, I, since I lose to East Carolina, they've got a lot more problems than we thought they did. And we already thought they have a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, Tulane's is, I think Houston, Houston Tulane, um, is a good semifinal matchup. I think Ron Hunter has done it. Ron, Ron Hunter's done it. Tulane has been really good. They, they kind of space you out and hit a lot of threes, but they're kind of my dark hit, dark horse pick here. Um, unfortunately this conference is a two bid league. And I think the two teams that are going to get bids are going to be playing for the bid. So. I yeah. say I say Houston gets it done just because Houston beat Memphis Sunday or Memphis beat Houston Sunday. I think Houston will get some revenge here um, in a week. Yeah, I agree. Houston, I Memphis, or Tulane, and Tulane is being generous. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, yeah, I'm the same thing. Um, I really like that. I really like how Memphis is playing, though. I think they could really pull that one off. Um, all right, Big East play. My beloved Xavier Musketeers start the tournament on Wednesday. Must win um, game. Must win game. Yes. Right now, the bracket matrix has them at 62% in. 
Um, so, but you know, a loss to Butler might drop them quite a bit. A loss would hurt because Michigan beat Ohio State, Carolina got a win, San Francisco got a win, uh, Memphis got a win. Like, there's a, a lot of teams that had to get wins last weekend got wins, but like you yeah. said, sixty-two percent. So, just win that game and you should be in. Yeah, uh, you win that game and you lose to Providence, you might be in Dayton on Tuesday, which honestly I kind of enjoy. Um, but that's I hope not that happens for you. Yeah. All right, man. So this is a fun one, obviously. Um, those first three seeds between Providence, Villanova, and UConn, I like them all. I think they're all really good teams. Um, I don't really trust many, you know, the teams playing on the first day. You know, I don't see a situation where St. John's walks like, or Georgetown repeats history by any means. I do Could like St. Hall. Owen twenty in the Big East and then turn around and win the tar- tournament again. They were probably the worst team I've seen all year, and I covered a lot of NKU games filling in for Parker. Mm. That tells you the teams that they played. Um, which, by the way, they played nine thirty tonight. Yeah, the game against Purdue Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I think this is gonna be a fun conference. I like the way what Shaka was able to do at Marquette this year. I just, I think it's. Um, I kind of think UConn's going to win the Big East tournament. I really like how they're playing. Like we said about the ACC, uh, it's flipped here. The top part of the bracket is kind of honestly easy, right? Not easy, yeah. but like you'll take it. If you're Xavier, you're much happier being the eight than the seven. Although that's yeah, you crazy, almost beat but... Providence twice. You you yeah. literally tucked into the wire two times. You beat Butler. You can go to wire with. Or you can go to war with Providence, a team that is statistically the luckiest team in the country behind Wisconsin, or second luckiest team behind Wisconsin. And then you're getting either a Creighton team that lost their point guard Ryan Nimhart or a Marquette team that has been kind of faltering down the, down the stretch here. Um, I'm with you. I do think the winner comes from the bottom. I would love to see a St. John's Villanova game in the Garden on you know Thursday at seven o'clock. I think that'd be great. Um, Seton Hall is a scary six seed. I think they can give UConn some problems because they split this year. But mm-hmm. my gut is just stick with it. Um, I think whoever comes out of the bottom, I think Nova's going to win it. I think you're looking at Nova. Nova Providence or Nova Xavier. I, I think Xavier's my dark horse to win it. If, if Xavier can get up and beat Providence, I think they make it to the finals. Um, I just unfortunately know how it goes when they play Villanova, and I'm going to stick with uh, Nova in that one. So, I will say one thing. Nate Johnson's back. He is. And that was incredible to watch on Saturday. He was lightened up. So, yeah, I, I would go, you know, if I was a betting man, um, Nova, UConn, Xavier. I don't think Providence can win it. Um, but I'd love to see St. John's go on a run here. If there is a team that can make a run, it's crazy to see it might be DePaul. Um, they got they just have guys who can make shots, right? Like Javon from yeah. Liberty. Like they just got guys that can go off. Um, the tournament, they might just go balls to the wall and try to score as much as they can. But I'm with you. I'm going pretty much chalk right now. I'm just going to go Villanova for now. I'm going Huskies. Okay. Dan Hurley's got to get something cooking with his poop socks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got the Big Ted. Like these. Like a lot of these games, um, I think the team I still trust the most is Purdue. I know their defense has gone terrible, um, but I really feel like I trust them because I know that like on any given night, Jaden Ivey can score 25, and I think that's going to be a big deciding factor. I like Illinois. I do, but uh, they, you know, had some up and down performances down the stretch. And Rutgers, I mean, I do. I mean, Rutgers has been really surprising for a lot of the season. Uh, It's going to be cool to see them play in the tournament. I got to think they're in at this moment. But yeah. I'm, um, I'm looking at some I'm taking of these second-round matchups. Purdue? Okay. I'm looking at some yeah. of these second-round matchups. You're looking at either Illinois, Michigan, Illinois, Indiana. Um, you know, third-round matchups would be Iowa, Rutgers, probably. And I think they're going to handle Northwestern and Nebraska. Um, Ohio State is a sixth seed playing Penn State or Minnesota than playing Purdue. I will be in attendance Saturday the 12th um, for the semifinal game. So, hoping for an Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, Purdue. I'm going with Wisconsin fans and a Purdue fan. So, for them, it was funny yesterday – Wisconsin was the one seed. Purdue was the three. Wisconsin loses to Nebraska. Illinois wins, and all of a sudden we're looking at, hey, like it was supposed to be Wisconsin playing at one and Purdue playing at 330, and now it's, well, they might play each other if they both get there, which would be very fun to be there in attendance. Um, Snags some nice seats sitting like lower level in the corner for the Big Ten semifinals, so it should be really fun. Excited. I'm going to go um, – I'm going to go with – Purdue, exactly. I think Purdue's going to beat Wisconsin in the semis, and I think it's going to be Purdue and Rutgers in the finals. Nice. I like it. So, continuing on, um, Big 12. Give me all the Rutgers. What'd you say? Give me all the Rutgers, actually. Oh, yeah. I need it. I love I love the way they play. Ron Harper Jr. is a stud. Um, he is a stud. Excited for the Big Ten tournament. It's always the last game before the brackets come out, and it's always funny because they usually go to overtime, and you're like, Jesus Christ, just in this game. I know. Just, to get the brackets out. Yeah, give me the selection Sunday. Yeah. Look at the Big 12. Um, 
eight nine opening game of Kansas State and West Virginia up here for McNeil and the ears here um, near and dear to our hearts here. Excited, man. I think I'm a lot of good matchups here. Like you got Texas TCU in a grinded out game. Um, I think Kansas handles. I think Kansas is in the finals. Um, but I'm gonna go Kansas and Texas Tech, and I'm gonna have Kansas winning it um, to give Bill Self another Big Twelve championship. I like, but I like teams that I could think they can win it. Um, Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech. And that's pretty much it for me. I will stick. I think Kansas will win it. Uh, and I think they'll be playing Baylor. I think we're going to yep. have defending champs getting a little farther. Um, I just kind of feel like it's just Kansas's conference to lose, obviously, with where they're standing. Um, they've always been really impressive all year. So I really like them a lot. Um, I still think, still feel pretty high on them. Yeah. Kind of like nobody's really talking about them. I think they're kind of sneaky good here. So, yeah, I agree. Um, Moving on here, a couple more to get to. Um, skip over all those. Let me see. Get to the Should SEC. We go to Pac-12 or the SEC? Yeah, we'll go Pac-12 first. Sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, kind of a kind of a weird bracket here. Um, you've got your teams that have a single buy: are Arizona, the one seed; UCLA, the two seed; USC, the three seed; Colorado Buffaloes, the four seed. Um, I think only three teams are locked to get in as of right now, and those are the top three seeds. Um, you're looking at a potential Arizona, Colorado, Arizona, Oregon. If it goes chalk in the semis um, and UCLA USC in the semis as well. I, I'm going to go US uh, UCLA Arizona in the finals. And I'm going to actually, I'm actually going to go to UCLA. I, think actually I, gonna get I picked the, yeah, I picked the Bruins. Yep. Keep that final four magic going. I think it's one of those, uh, some conferences, I, I obviously I know upsets can happen, but if you're asking me to give betting advice, or you're asking me to give you like who I honestly think can win the conference. I think there's with anything conference tournaments are hard. Cause right. Like if you, if you get on a roll and you get it rolling, you still have to like win three games in three days or four games in four days. And sometimes it just catches up to you with fatigue, right? Some of these teams aren't right. as deep. Oregon's a team that everybody thought would be in the tournament, but they just played themselves with bad losses to California, bad losses to Washington. Um, just really not kind of putting the effort in a day and all in once. If they got in the tournament, they probably make it to the Sweet 16, but they just can't for some reason figure it out this year. But I'm going to go UCLA over Arizona. The only other teams I think can win it all, obviously, are Arizona, UCLA, and USC. Yeah, we didn't talk a whole lot about USC this year, and we probably should have a um, little bit more. I, against quad one wins, they, they have like two quad one wins this year. They're not very good, but yeah. I'll be fading them hard in the tournament. That's something we'll touch on Selection Sunday. How about that? Works for me. Where they're at. And the, so. the weirdest-ass location in history of the SEC tournament this year in Tampa, Florida. They had a gold mine, a gold mine in Nashville. Gold I know. Go to That's Broadway like the Final Street. Four, just always be in Indianapolis. All right, who go gives to, a shit? Go to Broadway. Drink as much as you want. Go to Bridgestone Arena. Watch the SEC tournament. Think about it. I mean, think about it. Broadway at 12 o'clock. First game of the day, 12 o'clock. If you don't want to go to Texas A&M, Florida, you want to go to LSU, Missouri, LSU, Ole Miss, which I don't know really why you would, go get hammered on Broadway Street and then show up to the 2 o'clock game. But looking at the SEC, um, I'll let you break it down. Kind of tell me what you like and your first thoughts looking at the bracket. Uh, first thought, the bracket is I don't trust Auburn to win it. Um, I would definitely not be surprised if Arkansas beats them. Um, you know, look, I love Jabari Smith. I love Walker Kessler. I think they're a good team. But when their guards try to win games for them, we've seen that it does not work out. For mm-hmm. some reason or another, when they play away from Auburn, from like their home court, they look really meh. Um, so I don't really get blown away by them. Yeah, like I'm not very impressed. A two-point win at Missouri, a two-point win at Georgia. They lost two. Tennessee, they lost at Arkansas. Like the the writing's on the wall there. Like they just struggle yeah. away from home. I think the winner's either going to be the, the. I think Tennessee and Kentucky will play in the semis, and I think whoever wins that game will win the conference tournament. Um, Calipari has been pretty open for years about not necessarily caring about winning the SEC championship. Um, but I, I mean, if I have to pick a team between those four, I think it's going to be an Arkansas Kentucky SEC championship, and I think I'm taking the Razorbacks. I am picking the Kentucky Wildcats to defeat the Auburn Tigers in the championship game. I think they get their revenge. A healthy tie-tie, healthy wheeler. I think they get their revenge. Other, I'd take Tennessee. I like the way they're playing, but they're another team just like Auburn who has struggled away from home. So take that for what it's worth. Cats fans will travel, so it'll be a home game in Tampa for the Cats. In Tampa. Tampa's like football, WrestleMania, like baseball. that should be it. Spring training baseball. Yeah. 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 Not SEC basketball. Or one yeah. of your teams is in Florida. Where are they playing down there? Uh, and where, like, the, are the, uh, where the lightning play. 
Oh, okay. I didn't. I yeah. forgot. I was like, there's no way they're playing like at the race at the trap. Yeah, that'd be funny. God, they. I take every under in that game. It'd be so hard to shoot in the dome. Yeah. So, remember they used to play in the Georgia Dome. Mm-hmm. So that's crazy. I saw yeah. when Kentucky, Michigan State played at Ford Field. Yeah. That's that was pretty cool. Final four. It's crazy. We spend all tournament, you know, playing in NBA arenas, playing in college arenas. And then you get to the final four and they're like, we're going to make you shoot in a football stadium with a backdrop that's 500 feet long. It's like, what? So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, looking at other conferences um, locally here, obviously Northern, when you're the day you're listening to this, it will probably be but the, the day before um, Northern playing Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Um, tonight in the semis of the that's horizon. not a made up school. That's a real correct. school. Yeah, one of those horizon weird schools. Um, they're two point favorites tonight. I think they can get it done. They'll play the winner of Wright State, Cleveland State tomorrow. If they win that, obviously they'll be their third bid in six years, which would be a phenomenal accomplishment for where the basketball program has kind of been. I mean, it's crazy, right? The four years of being ineligible when I was in school, and then they just kind of hit a lift there once they joined the horizon. You know, Drew McDonald, John Brandon, um, Tyler Sharp, like really good foundation for that program to continue. And Darren Horn has done well after a rocky start this year. They really kind of snapped it back into place in conference play. So yeah, Sam Vincent, really good at basketball. Stunned. Really good. I right. local kid, stayed home. It's, it's a great story. I hope they do it. Um, just from being a Norse alumni and also we covered the Norse, so it's very nice. Other than that, man, um the craziness of conference tournament week will get you. You're One better. Touch real quick on OVC. Yeah. Um, you know, the Moorhead State, uh, Murray State game ended up being really awesome game. I didn't get to catch a whole lot of it. I was kind of pay- paying attention by phone during the press conference at the Xavier Georgetown game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of one of those like damned if you do, damned if you don't, because it's like if Moorhead State were to have won, it looks good because Xavier beat them. But also it might take it makes them a two bid league and might take that spot away from them as the last four in. So right. that was kind of tricky. Um, but Janae Broom for Moorhead State was phenomenal. Had like 34 points. Mm-hmm. Um, Murray State's just a wagon, man. Like they're going to be a seven or eight seed that's going to cause some trouble in the second round. Um, they are this year's we, Loyola. I hope we don't do the thing. Right, it's a great. And Loyola is in already. Yeah, but they're I hope we don't do the Loyola. thing where we overanalyze them and then they come out and lay an egg. Um, like remember yeah. last year with the five twelve upset was Winthrop over Villanova, right? Everybody, Pat everybody Kelsey. and their mother was like, "Oh my God, Winthrop's going to beat Villanova," and then Villanova beat them by twenty five, right? So, yeah. I think. I think Murray's too good to let that happen, um, but I'd love to see them get a crack at a one seed or a two seed in the second round. So it was a great tournament. I, I love when comp like they're the first bid punched. Um, so it was it's great to see. Tonight we got the SoCon Championship Chattanooga versus Furman. Um, I'm a big Nuga fan. I think they're they're really good. Silvio D'Souza, John Baptiste, really Division One former Power Five guards and big men that are playing at a, a lower level. Fun to see them succeeding. But it's the best week of the year, man. Once we get to Thursday and Friday, it's just wall to wall basketball all day. The games don't truly matter if your team's in the tournament. Um, it's nice to get a win, nice to win something, but always in the back of your mind, you're just like a loss heading into the tournament's fine. You know, it's hard to win your three games in your conference tournament then win six games to win it all. So, but I'm excited, man. Best time of the year. Um, we'll be back with you this later this week, kind of just wrapping up conference tournament week. Um, once Selection Sunday comes out, we'll probably just strict, talk strictly about the brackets, don't you think? But yeah, I don't. Show. Nothing else really matters at that point. I don't care, Won't about care who won the Big Ten tournament. Right. I won't care who yeah. won the Big Ten tournament at three o'clock and when it's the brackets are out. I got one in my hand. So be sure to give us a follow for um, on Twitter. Happy to give out betting tips and stuff daily. Um, games we like. Love to interact with you guys there. But for, uh, unless you're Calvin me, Ridley. Yeah. Don't don't call me and tell me here. So yeah. that's all I got for now. But Tim, anything else? Nope. Ready to head out of here. Appreciate everything, guys. Actually, yeah, because this is like the second part of the way to do one of those two parters again. Had to talk about LeBron dropping fifty six on the on the bench mob this week. So hope you guys enjoyed this longer episode. Uh, take it easy. Peace. <laughs>